can't get enough HDR? Now you can sign up to become an HDR VIP on our website and have access to more radio stations. For $10 a month or $100 a year, you will have access to 20 of our stations on the website. For more information, visit HolyGhostRadio.com or tap on the ad on our app. Can't get enough HDR? Now you can sign up to become an HDR VIP on our website and have access to more radio stations. For $10 a month or $100 a year, you will have access to 20 of our stations on the website. For more information, visit HolyGhostRadio.com or tap on the ad on our app. I believe it would be an order if all over this house we would just lift our hands and lift our voice and let's just invite the presence of the Lord to remain in this service tonight. We want the Holy Ghost to settle in this house tonight. Oh, could you do it just for one more moment? How many believe Jesus is worthy of all the praise? He's worthy of all the glory. He's worthy of all of the honor. Praise God. I want to express how grateful we are to Pastor Holland for the opportunity to be in this house tonight. And Bishop, so honored to spend time with you today. And uh, I thank God for every elder's voice. I thank God for every voice, but when an elder speaks, there's just something about the voice of an elder. Praise God. Hospitality has been second to none, and thank you for the opportunity to be here with you tonight. To all the ministry, God bless each of you. We love and appreciate each of you tonight, and especially want to mention my dear friend, Brother Robinson, love and appreciate him. He impacted our church in a dynamic way a few weeks ago. How many thankful for God's ability to network the right voices together? You still believe he can do that? Praise God. So to all the saints of God, God bless you. I give honor to the man of God in my life. God miraculously preserved his life almost two years ago. Raised him from the dead, literally. You still believe God can raise from the dead? That is not a figurative statement. That is a fact. And I'm so grateful for the covering in my life. I also want to mention how uh, delighted I am to have Pastor. I'm going to try to get it right now. He helped me a few moments ago. Crockerham, did I get it? Amen. We met him um, earlier today in a in a Bethel moment. Well, 
It was a coffee moment, but anybody believe God can move over a cup of coffee? My Lord, I hope so. And we enjoyed a bit of fellowship there uh, this morning, and I'm just honored that he's in the house tonight. God bless you, and we're so grateful that you're here. Amen. I mean, it's going to help me preach for just a few moments tonight. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter number 10. And we will begin reading at verse 24. Isaiah chapter 10, beginning at verse 24. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, O my people that dwellest in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. He shall smite thee with a rod and shall lift up his staff against thee after the manner of Egypt. There's, there's some stuff there that we're just gonna. For yet a very little while, and the indignation shall cease, and mine anger in their destruction. And the Lord of hosts shall stir up a scourge for him, according to the slaughter of Midian at the rock of Oreb. This, this text is impregnated with all of these historical patterns, symbolisms. And as his rod was upon the sea, so shall he lift it up after the manner of Egypt. And it shall come to pass. I'm just thankful that it still comes to pass. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off of thy neck. Now I want you to notice this concluding statement. And the yoke shall be destroyed because... Of the anointing. And the yoke. Shall be destroyed. Not broken. Destroyed. You see if something's broke you can fix it. You can put it back together. But when the anointing gets involved, it doesn't leave stuff broke. It destroys stuff. Oh, that's the kind of anointing that I want to see in every apostolic house. That's the kind of anointing that I want on my ministry. I don't just want something that will break stuff up every once in a while. But I want the kind of anointing that will destroy every yoke. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So for the next few moments, 
I really do want the Holy Ghost to help me tonight. And I want to talk to us about this subject. Because I am anointed. Because I am anointed. I'm not here because I'm good. I'm I'm not here because I'm talented. I'm, I'm not still in the game because I just have what it takes. The reason I'm still here and I'm still in the fight is because I am anointed. If you want that kind of anointing to rest on you tonight, I'm asking you one more time to lift your voice to heaven and ask God to anoint your ears to hear and my voice to speak. Would you do it right now? God, we need you to speak in this house tonight. I want you to speak in this house tonight, God. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. I thank God for the anointing. I'm not interested in preaching without it. I'm not interested in singing without it. I'm not interested in teaching without it. I don't even like reading my Bible without it. I don't like praying without it. Dead church is something I detest. I've made this statement before, but lifeless, lifeless, dead Pentecostal church is more lethal than lifeless denominal church. Because when you hold the truth, the letter killeth, but the the spirit giveth life. It giveth life. And so we have a precursory surface appreciation, I believe. And some deeper than that, but I I really believe that God wants us to get a little better grasp on the anointing tonight. We have misconceptions about what the anointing really is. And because we have placed such preeminence upon the importance of men of God being anointed, and musicians being anointed, and singers being anointed. I know I'm being a bit redundant, but I'm telling you, I believe everybody from soundmen to ushers to... I want that kind of anointing. But because we've placed preeminence upon that, we often... Scoot right past the fact that everybody's supposed to be anointed. 
Every believer in general needs to be anointed. So there are these misconceptions and we don't have time to talk about all of them tonight. But first and foremost is the idea and the concept that the anointing is reserved exclusively for ministry. It is not just exclusively for those that are on this platform a few moments ago. But I believe young people need to be anointed. The hostility of our day demands that we have true, authentic, apostolic dominion. Oh, I feel that. And I'm telling you, when it comes in the house, it's not to be confused with emotionalism and sensationalism. There's something different when the anointing shows up. You have to be willing to pay a price for an anointing. Jesus came out of the wilderness after 40 days of temptation. I I find it amazing. My fasting don't work like this. I wish I was more like Jesus in a lot of ways, but especially this one. It says he fasted 40 days, Elder Cox, and then he hungered. When When I'm fasting tomorrow, I get hungry. I get hungry now. My God. Yeah, just talking about it, I get hungry. Jesus fasted 40 days, and then he hungered. The Bible says that Satan was tempting him and buffeting him. And he was led by the Spirit into the season of temptation. This is what you, you, you can, you can, you can, you can take this to the bank. If the Spirit leads you in, it'll bring you out. And it led him in to that season. But when he came out, he came out with a power. I I don't know if this is Friday night enough for you. But when he came out, he had a dimension of dominion and authority and anointing that he did not have before he was willing to pay the price to get it. Anointing is not cheap. Anointing is not free. You gotta be willing to go where you gotta go to get it and pay the price that you gotta pay to get it. But when you get it, it will destroy. It'll destroy every yoke. I want the kind of anointing. And God knows we need it in this day. We can't be playing church in this day. And when he came out, he went to the synagogue. And he stood up to read. And the same spirit 
that led him into the wilderness and brought him out in power. Led him to the right place to read. And he found it. And he began to read. According to the prophet Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. I, I, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way because I don't want these guys sitting on me. I thank God for good musicians. But he didn't cue the musicians. He didn't pump everybody up. He just had the book and there was raw anointing. I, I'm telling you, I still believe you can be anointed when you're teaching. I, oh God, oh God. I've asked God. I, I had somebody ask me recently in an interview, how would you describe your ministry? One of the most difficult questions to, to, to answer. How, how do you dis, how would you describe your ministry if you don't think that's a hard question? I said, one of the objectives that I really have is to try my best to change the stigma that is associated with teaching. I, I still believe you can teach on a Friday night. Now you don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I still believe you can just throw out some book and there's enough anointing in that book that when that man starts giving anointed word and the anointing that is on the man coupled with the word, anything can happen. The anointing is not how loud I speak. The anointing is not how high I jump. I can whisper and be anointed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me. Somebody say, because. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. I'm telling you, when the anointing shows up, stuff needs to happen. Preach the recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And all of this could happen. Because he was anointed. Everything that is in your purpose. You hear me tonight. Everything that is in your future will happen. Because of the anointing. I'm, I'm still here to speak to a young generation that you need to pray that God anoints you. Not to preach. That, that's another class. He anoints you to survive. He, he anoints you to have the victory. 
We got a bunch of folks that want the preaching anointing. We got a bunch of folks that want the bishop anointing. They want the prophet anointing. But you need an anointing to just live for God day by day. If we get too far in the weeds, Mr. Holy Ghost Radio, you just shut us down tonight. But for everybody in the house, I'm asking God to give us an insatiable desire for the anointing of His Spirit. I can't do it without His help. I'm going to use a scripture here that in my opinion, and I could be treading on very thin ice, Right now, but in my opinion, it's one of the most misquoted scriptures. And it is, touch not my anointed. And all us preachers think that's us. I hate to bust your big bubble. But that ain't about us. That's about y'all. Please, don't throw money at me. Stop, please. Let me prove it to you. Psalms 105, saying unto thee, will I give the land of Canaan. Who was that for? The people. It was for the people. The lot of your inheritance. Who's that? The people. When they were but a few men in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it, when they, who, the people, went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Who? The people. Yea, he reproved kings for their sake. Who? The people. And when he reproved the kings for their sake, do you know how he reproved them? He reproved them by saying, touch not my anointed. I'm here to tell the devil tonight, get your hands off the anointed one. You need to understand that if you're not anointed, you're in a dangerous spot. There's something about the anointing that when it's on you, God will defend you. God will fight for you. God will rebuke the devourer. God will stop the mouths of lions when you realize, I'm anointed. I won't tell you. I'm anointed. I'm not talking about to preach. I need to be anointed to preach. But the anointing that I'm talking about tonight is not that anointing. It's an anointing that is available for whosoever will. Here is, here is, 
is this conundrum and misconstrued conception of what the anointing really is. So the first thing is that it's not just for ministry. We have no problem believing that Jesus was anointed. But we almost feel a little bit arrogant when we say, no, I'm anointed. I'm telling you, when he gave me the Holy Ghost, you don't get any more anointed than Holy Ghost-filled people. That's as anointed as it gets. You see, without a proper understanding of this, and and I don't want to get ahead of myself, we'll have people pursuing positions. And we'll have young people staying up all night to dream and conniver about getting that label and getting that position. And God has those for you. And your gifts will make room for you. And they will bring... They will bring you before great men. You don't want to get before great men before your gift does. If, if, if you're not careful, you can hobnob around the right people and get access to rooms that your gift hasn't made the door open before you yet. And when you get there, you won't be able to stay there because you don't qualify to be in that room. But if you'll let your gift work for you. That door will start to open. If you, if, 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 if you spend more time, y'all doing all right? If you spend more time just saying, anointing. Fall on me, anointing. Fall on me. I pitched it out of my range. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on me, anointing. Fall. That's not a position. That's not an assignment. That's. That is an empowerment. So the misconception number two is because we can feel the anointing and because we can experience the anointing. We feel like the anointing is sensational. And it can be. Follow me now. The anointing can be sensational. But sensationalism is not anointing. And Pentecost needs a revelation. If my anointing leads me to sensationalism, then let it be. But my sensationalism will never lead me to anointing. 
I want to tell you, I've seen people roll on the floor in the anointing. I've seen them walk the back of pews in the anointing. And I've seen them do it out of it. And it ain't even close. I know I said ain't. It's not even close. Something needs to happen when the anointing is on something. Listen. Oh, sensationalism is conjured up, but anointing is applied. Oh. Sensationalism is something that is worked up, but anointing is something that flows down because it understands the structure and it understands the order. And, and when you find somebody, my God, that has the anointing, you want to get beside them and let some of that rub off on you. Because the anointing can move me. It does not mean every time I'm moved, I'm anointed. You can be moved when you hear the national anthem. You can get goosebumps. That's not anointing, Jack. The anointing can be moving, but because it's moving, doesn't mean it's anointed. Now, this may seem like semantical differences, but this is the difference between church that wrestles with yokes and church that destroys yokes. When you tap into that level of anointing, it's the kind of anointing that destroys yokes. I, I'm not interested in church where I go home. Man, I'm getting way ahead of myself. But, and my neck is chafed because someone tried to dance it off. But it was just motion. But man, when you connect with somebody that's anointed, he'll lift that burden off of your shoulders. And here. The anointing can be just as effective, quiet, as it is loud. I, I hope you can, you can just work with me just for a minute and pardon the personal references. But I'm, I'm, I'm just as anointed right now. Talking just like this. As I was just a few moments ago. And if we're not careful, we'll get addicted to cadence. And we'll, we'll get addicted to... I want the kind of anointing, oh God, that when you're struggling with addiction... You're struggling with suicide. You're struggling with anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I still believe that kind of anointing exists. You, you can, if I didn't think that existed, I would stop now. Do you hear me? I'd go sell cars. I'd do something else. But I still believe that that dimension of anointing exists so that every need in the house, if they tap into that anointing, the flow, I know this is a young people's conference tonight. I'm trying my best to paint something for you that you need more than a ministry. You you, you need more than, 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 than being on the front line and having Sister Norris lead you tonight like she so capably did. You, 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 you need what I'm talking about more than a solo part. You need this to fight the devils that want to keep you back from the purpose of God for your life. So you hear me what the second misconception of the anointing is? Is that it's sensationalism. And I'm here to tell you it's not. It can be, but it's not. What the anointing really is, are you ready now? Is impossible. Empowerment. You shall receive. There you go. That the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The anointing's not second fiddle to nothing. It is the power of God. I already mentioned this, but sensationalism can be conjured up. But anointing flows down. That is why he said in the in the construction of the tabernacle and the and the and, and, and this is something that is beyond even my ability to articulate, but let me just throw it out for your consideration. He trusted Bishop, he trusted Moses with the ingredients of the anointing. I don't even know what to do with that. I don't even know what to do with that. To the point that it was so fine-tuned that he said, don't use this anywhere but here. Moses had the secret. God, I want the secret. But, 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 with the secret comes the responsibility of not putting it on flesh. You put it on garments. and You put it on articles in the tabernacle. But you don't just put it on like your favorite cologne. Here's, here's, here's what concerns me because I, I, I've got a little more preach, but can I talk just for a minute? Here, here's, here's what happens. And, and, and I, I've pondered this before. You know, uh, so you go and you, and you buy a cologne because it, it appeals to you or perfume. Or you love the smell of it. That's what pulls you to it. Have you ever noticed this dynamic? That the more you wear it, the less you notice it.
So in, 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 in responding to what draws you to it, you have to be willing to embrace the fact that you're not even going to be able to appreciate it. And when you walk in, everybody else is going to notice it. But you're not. Everybody else is going to say, man, that guy smells good. You're not even going to notice it. I'm sure you've had to do it. I've had to go up to my wife and say, did I put this on or did I not put this on? The anointing does not make you more self-aware. The anointing should not make you self-centered. It should not make you, look what I am. Can you smell me? You can't put that on your, oh, come on, somebody. You can't put that on your flesh. You can't put that on your little shout. Listen, when Israel started dragging the ark into their conflict, it stopped working. You don't find the ark following your little idea. You find out where the Spirit's going and you follow it. Oh, God. Uh, Well, I got a little skirmish going on over here between me and I don't hate nobody. Boy, Bishop. (laughs) I don't hate nobody. Yeah, but, but, but if we're not careful, we'll want that anointing to get in our fight. It's not given to us for selfish. Self-centered. All right, I'll move on. Oh, God. So there's this contrast, Brother Parks, between two men. Both of them kings. Saul and David. Bible says that Saul was anointed to be king. He was anointed. But the problem is, is he took the anointing that God gave him as a license to tweak the boundaries of his submission. I know God said, I know God said, but I'm anointed. I know I'm not supposed to bring no Amalekites home, but I mean, come on, I'm anointed. I mean, it wouldn't even come in my head if it wasn't supposed to be. Now, God said, don't bring anything home. I don't care how anointed you are. You're never so anointed. That you can use that as a leverage for disobedience to the plan of God. I, I, I can never be so anointed that I can move the goalpost on the game of life that God gave me. I still got to play the game how he said for me to play the game. I, I think I can handle it. Not only do I think I can handle it, 
I think I can offer it for worship. I think that I can, I mean, I, I didn't bring the trash. I brought the best of the best. Now I'm going to offer this as worship. He'll like it, won't you? Because I'm anointed. God reached down, took him, pulled that anointing. Bishop, correct me if I'm wrong. But I never found any other place where Saul was anointed besides the first time. And what scares me is that that man died on a battlefield. And there's a statement made as he's bleeding out on the battlefield of his ministry. And it says he died as though he had never been anointed. Now I want you to notice what happened in Saul's life. I, I, I know we're talking right now. We've got a little ways to go, but we're not going to be much longer. Are you all right? Saul immediately, Brother Robinson said to the prophet, Ah, I can tell something's different. You can't tell me that Saul didn't notice when God lifted his hand off of him. I know it when his hand's on me. I sure enough know when I have to preach and his hand's not on me. You can't tell me Saul didn't notice it. But Saul had totally bought into the performance. He said, man of God, would you come with me to worship before the people. Let's, let's put it on like everything's okay. I'm just telling you, everybody that leaps is not anointed. And everybody that shouts is not anointed. I know that I'm, 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 I'm coming back at this over and over. But when you are anointed, the step feels different. And, and the leap feels different. And... Don't be confused by the action, but be able to dial in to the anointing. Nobody can compete with that. That puts you in a class all by yourself. Anointing is not for public display. But anointing is for private adoration. In contrast, we have a man named David who's sitting on the hillside. Oh, God. Not waiting for a position. Sitting there writing love letters to God. Singing. He sang to God in private before he ever sang for kings in public. Way too many people want to sing for kings rather than to sing for the king. 
And David just said, it's just me and you and these sheep. But I want you to know I love you. When God took it off of Saul, he puts it on David. And the anointing finds a man's gift. And it brings him before great men. Oh, God. And he walks in. And he's got such an anointing. God, I want this. Do you hear me? I want this. He's got such an anointing that a man with an evil spirit who cannot be freed any other way. When that anointed man starts plucking on those strings, God goes, that's my man. (laughs) That's him. I know him. I know that voice. I'll, listen, it was an evil spirit from the Lord. God didn't take it from Saul because of Saul. He took it from Saul because of David. David, I'll do it for you. Because this is all about getting you in position where you need to be. How many believe position is important? I do not have time to talk about it, but I don't want to be out of position. And the anointing, if you will pursue the anointing, it will have you in position. And so what Saul has lost, now David has. Oh, God. And so Saul has the throne, but no anointing. And David has an anointing and no throne. I want to tell you something. If I have to choose... If I have to choose... Between an anointing or a throne. You hear me in the Holy Ghost tonight. If all you've got left is a throne, you're on your way out. But if all you've got is an anointing, just keep singing and keep playing. Because that anointing will lead you to the purpose and the plan of God for your life. Well, I don't know why I feel this so strong tonight, but a man with a throne, alone, alone, no anointing, just a throne, that man will always be threatened by a man with an anointing. Always. That man that had the throne, but lost his anointing, left his, oh God, Left his palace, left his throne, and started chasing David through caves in the mountain. What? You've got marble palaces. You've got servants. You've got everything. Stay back and enjoy your throne. Listen, you know, you, 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 
You wanted an evangelism outreach tool? Let me give it to you. The anointing will start drawing people to you. They were in debt. They were depressed. They were afflicted. But they found David in a cave. They said, I, uh, you gotta ask yourself, why didn't they go to Saul, who had a throne, who had positions, who had, there was something on the inside of them that said, I'd rather be with a man that's got an anointing in a cave. Than a man that only has a throne. upside down. Churches are not big enough. You say, well, I, I just don't have a nice building and I don't, I don't feel like I have. They'll come to a cave. Let your anointing draw them to a cave. You don't need a Sunday school bus. If you've got one, use it. But the anointing will make them walk up a hill to find you in the cleft of a rock. God, give Pentecost the kind of anointing that draws the drunk out of the bar, draws the alcoholic out of the tavern, draws the drug addict out of the crack house, draws the prostitute Sensationalism won't do it, but the anointing will. Emotionalism won't do it, but the anointing will do it. It's that man, Brother Robinson, that sat down, and I don't know exactly when he did it. But he's sitting there and he goes, ah, I've got a song idea. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. See, you can talk, stop and take a breath when the anointing's there. If it's sensationalism, you got to keep it. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort. When I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no 
evil. For thou art with me. My rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Are you ready now? Thou anointest my head with oil. I only find one place that Saul was ever anointed. But let's talk about David. David had a prophet come and it anointed him. And he wrote a song and said, the good shepherd anoints me. And then the people anointed him. And then when nobody was around and he was all by himself, he anointed himself. David had an understanding. If I'm going to win this fight, I've got to be anointed. If I'm going to get to victory, I've got to be anointed. So the other misconception is that once in a lifetime is enough. I'm here to tell you, you need it over and over and over again. I can survive the valley of the shadow of death because I'm anointed. I will fear no evil because I'm anointed. I'll be comforted by the rod and the staff because I'm anointed. I will eat at the table prepared before me in the presence of my enemies because I am anointed. My cup runs over because I'm anointed. Goodness and mercy follows me because I am anointed. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? Because I am anointed. You lose your anointing. You change how you view the rod and the staff. You lose your anointing. You change how you view the valley of the shadow of death. You lose your anointing. Well, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. You change how you view the presence of your adversaries. And when you're not anointed, you can't eat when you've got an adversary. But when he anoints you, You can eat looking an enemy in the eye. Chef Jesus. Oh God. You know what David? David said, Oh God. David said, They just told me about my boy. Abner died as a fool died. Oh, it broke that daddy's heart. And he made a statement. He said, though I am weak, I am still anointed king. You hear me? 
Weakness is not a sign that you've lost your anointing. I'm tired. That's okay. You can still be anointed. I'm weary. It's okay. You can still be anointed. I didn't think I was going to have to walk this road. You can still be anointed. The last thing you want to do is start buying the devil's game. I wouldn't be going through this if I was anointed. No! Because I am anointed, I will go through it. And I will come out the other side with the victory. I'm not strong enough within myself to do it. But because I am anointed, devil, you better look out. When I come out the other side, it's not if, it's when. I'm coming out because I am anointed. Somebody needs to grab that right now in faith. The anointing. I've got to hurry. I still believe, Brother Robinson, that the anointing can help my infirmities. The Spirit helpeth my infirmities. I don't believe that's just physical, just mental rather, just emotional. But I, I believe it can even be physical. Is there any preachers that would be honest enough to tell, tell me tonight, you don't have to wave your hand, you just, you, just, you just know. You've gone to that pulpit, weak, in pain, stressed, confused, not knowing even what you was going to preach. And when you stepped in there, it wasn't something you conjured up. It was something that came down. Oh. And he helped you in that moment of infirmity. Because when an infirmity gets a hold of an anointing. Uh, I'm going to back up and let you try that again. When an infirmity gets a hold of an anointing, something happens. Okay. I was going to see if you wanted that without me preaching it, but I will preach it. The spirit of infirmity was on a little lady. And she started pressing her way through that crowd. She couldn't lift herself up. She was bowed over from years of struggling with that infirmity. But one touch with the anointing. And something happened. One touch, somebody shout one touch. Just one touch with the anointing. It didn't break the yoke. It destroyed the yoke. Fifty-five minutes. We're done. I never did get to the part for you young people. But listen, there's a society. 
that wants to label you. There's a society that wants to put its identity on you. There's this postmodern push. You can be whatever you want to be. And it's, it's sowing confusion. I gotta be that to be accepted, or I gotta. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off his shoulder and his yoke from off of his neck and the yoke shall be Oh, if you really believe that, would you just talk back to me for a minute? Destroy. Not broke. Not cracked. I want that kind of an anointing. I prayed in this house today, God, let me preach with that kind of an anointing. I want to... I want to walk in that dimension of anointing. I heard that. I want, I, I want to walk in the kind of dimension of anointing that hell goes, oh no. Look who's preaching. Oh no. Look who's at church. Oh no. The society is trying to yoke our young people unrighteous confusion trying to get your head in that yoke be not unequally yoked I'm really trying to stop Be not unequally yoked. He said, don't you, he wrote it in the law, don't, 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 don't you plow with an ox and an ass together. Those two natures, those two natures will work against each other in that yoke. The nature of that plodding, strong ox doesn't know what to do with that rambunctious Erratic behavior of that donkey that it's yoked up with. And the, and the nature of the two beasts cancel out each other's. I've seen way too many young people get yoked up with an unbeliever. And it cancels out. It cancels out their strengths. It cancels out their abilities. It cancels out their virtues. I'm telling you that God wants you to destroy that yoke. Well, you say, oh no, but I thought. No, listen, listen. He said, when they came out of Egypt, I destroyed that yoke. There's some yokes God will destroy. But you can't complain about the yokes you put on.
say, well, what do I do with the yoke that I put on? The anointing will destroy it. Okay, so you're going to have a healing line tonight? Not for this one. You ready? That's not what he's talking about. Oh, God. Now, I, I know that this can be humorous a bit when we get talking about this, and I really don't want it to be because I don't want to spoil this anointing. But i got to say it the way that it's... It's not really interpreted properly when it says the anointing will destroy the yoke. That word anointing there means that the neck of that ox or that beast will become too fat for the yoke. There's some yokes you don't outshout. There's some yokes you don't outdance. Well, thank God I'm not blind. All my help's walking out. There's some yokes you outgrow. And you come to a youth conference on a Friday night and you say, Preacher, feed me. And you're sitting here with that yoke on. And you're chafing, going, I wish they'd have a healing line, and I wish that preacher would rebuke this thing off of me, and I wish, and there's some yokes he will rebuke off of you. But if it's a yoke you put on, you need to be anointed enough, come on, somebody, that you will outgrow that thing. You just come eating. And you dive into that book, and you get so full of that, that your neck starts growing. And your neck starts growing. And you come back and you say, Preacher, preach to me. You ready now? I got to say it. When it comes to that kind of anointing, we don't need to be fit. We need to be fat. Somebody just needs to. Preacher, pastor, I'm going to get this. You keep preaching. I'm going to whoop it. That is the kind of anointing that destroys stuff. Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. He just kept growing until all of a sudden that anger problem wasn't as big a deal as it used to be. And he outgrew it. Well, well, I'm just here to tell you that a quick little run through a prayer line in a Jericho around the church don't fix everything. There's some stuff you got to just belly up And you got to eat until you break that thing. Pentecost has been addicted to quick fixes for problems they've got themselves in. And I'm here to tell you that the same anointing that brought you out of Egypt will be the same anointing that will get you 
to outgrow the hell in your life. Outgrow the opposition in your life. Eat. 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 Feed me, preacher. Feed me, pastor. hit him at the beginning of his ministry before he lost it the Bible says that he took a yoke of oxen and he broke it and he offered a sacrifice because when you're anointed it's on with your yoke do you hear me anointed people don't put up with yokes Elisha plowing through the field 12 yoke of oxen. And Elijah walks by. And when he comes by and just touches him with the mantle. Something came alive in Elisha. And he said, I tell you what. Whatever that was. Whatever that was. I don't want to live without that. So what did he do, Brother Robinson? He turned back to the oaks of oxen and he broke them and he sacrificed the oxen because he wanted them to know I'm going to burn every bridge that will try to pull me back to the other side of what just happened. going back to how it used to be. I'm not going back to how I used to plow. I'm not going back to how I used to live. I'm not whatever that was.
I see him sitting there. He's blind now. The cheater's already been there. Jacob said, I'm Esau. He said, well, you feel like Esau, but you sound like Jacob. Something's not right. You better learn to go with the sound and not the feel. If you follow your feelings, you'll follow them all the way to hell. You better tune your ear to the sound of the anointing. There was a certain sound. Oh, God. There's way more preaching we got time tonight. But I'm just telling you, Samson, it would rush on him. And when it would rush on him, he'd become somebody else. I just don't believe Samson was some eight-foot tall Six-foot-wide, shoulder-chiseled. No. I think if Samson was in a house like this, you wouldn't even pick him out until, until the anointing. And when that anointing would hit him, he tied 300 fox tails together. And when that anointing would hit him, he ripped the gates off of the wall. When that anointing... Do not have what it takes to live for God without the anointing. Fall on me, Jesus. Fall on me. I'm going to say this and we're checking out. Comes and Jacob's already been there. His daddy blessed him. His daddy gave him the inheritance. His daddy said, This is this is the way it's gonna be. And your brother is gonna serve you. He steps out going, Yes, I got it. Esau walks in. Hey dad. Oh, there, that sounds right. Dad, I'm here for my blessing. I already gave it away. Do you only have one? Can you not bless me too? Son, I already made him Lord over you. And I've made all of his servants. And I've given him grain and wine. Do you only have one, Dad? Bless me too. And he wept loudly. He said, oh. So he looks at him and he says, you're going to live by the sword. But when? Everybody shout when. Now the King James says, you get dominion. You will cast his yoke from off of your neck. But 
when you look at what that really means, it says when you grow restless. You will cast that yoke off of your neck. You got to get a restless spirit. Yeah. Do that again. Yeah. Get restless like that. Just, ah, ah, ah. Is there anybody in this house tonight? That God's been talking to you over these last 50 to 60 minutes. And you've been saying, God, I want that kind of anointing on my life. Is there nobody? Listen, I'm not here to whip your emotions tonight. Because that won't break the yoke. You'll leave with neck burn, but you will forget by the time Sunday morning rolls around, you'll be comfortable with that thing again. I'm here to tell you that the anointing is in this house tonight. And if you'll get a little restless in your spirit. Well, I just wish he'd pray for me. If if, if he'd lay his hands on me, I know. You know what? I believe in all of that. That won't work for someone that's not restless. I wonder if there's like ten young people that are in this house tonight that'll say, I'm tired of wrestling with depression. I'm tired of wrestling with anxiety. I'm tired of fighting suicide. I'm tired, listen to me, I'm tired of dancing on Friday night and being depressed Saturday morning? That's no better than a hangover. What's in this house is a lot better than alcohol. What's in this house is a lot better than drugs. When the anointing destroys it, it is destroyed forever. Somebody to get a little restless in your spirit tonight. Anointing, fall on me. Anointing, fall on me. Anointing, fall on me. Front to back, lift your voice. Jesus, I want you to anoint me. musician, uh, take that back, I'm not when I hear these guys, but, but I love music, but I'm telling you, if you're desperate enough, you can get it without the beat of a drum, and you can get it without the pulse of an organ, and you can get it without anybody cheerleading you. So you're waiting right now. No, 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 no. You don't need to be waiting. Restless people, grab an opportunity when it comes by. People that understand the anointing, grab it when it comes by. 
Watch it. Go ahead right now. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I'm going to make it because I'm anointed. I'm coming out of this depression because I'm anointed. I'm coming through the valley of the shadow of death because I'm anointed. Yes! Can't get enough HDR? Now you can sign up to become an HGR VIP on our website and have access to more radio stations. For $10 a month or $100 a year, you will have access to 20 of our stations on the website. For more information, visit HolyGhostRadio.com or tap on the ad on our app. Can't get enough HGR? Now you can sign up to become an HGR VIP on our website and have access to more radio stations. For $10 a month or $100 a year, you will have access to 20 of our stations on the website. For more information, visit HolyGhostRadio.com or tap on the ad on our app.